Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 44-1273-733-433. Or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site they'd be more than happy to help now today we have a recording of the keynote talk from this september's brighton seo featuring rand fishkin with a brief introduction from kelvin off you go kelvin so this is kind of a a big moment for, for for us and for brighton seo um when you would have heard the intro video and you hear us kind of going on this long room from a room above a pub. And we talk a lot about those first couple of events that we did in the pub, but um, I want to talk a little bit about the third event we did. So, in fact, can I get the house lights up a bit? I'm going to be a pain, sorry. Um, was anyone here at the Salis Benny Brighton SEO? Can't see anyone. About 250 people. Um, and that was the first one that was kind of a conference rather than we booked a room in a pub. Um, and as a joke, I talked about these special guests that we um, had at the event. So what I had was the Jonas Brothers, a cardboard cutout, and I stuck the face of Rand and Matt Cutts, and I think Seth Godin, um, to those cardboard cutouts. It was all very funny because we're just a little event. Um, so it's kind of hugely gratifying that someone that is personally a hero to me, and SEI I know to a lot of you, is here. It's taken a few years because we keep organising on this wedding anniversary, how inconsiderate of us. But if we could give a big brightness say welcome to Rand Fishkin, please. Howdy, gang. It is, it is great to be here uh, for the first time. So I, I know a little bit about Brighton and a little bit about Brighton SEO. The first thing I want to say is that Kelvin, I think, I think you should be incredibly proud of what you've built. What do you guys think? This is... So, uh, MozCon took a decade to build up to about 1,600, 1,700 attendees. Uh, 
I think the, you know, some of the other biggest conferences, the SMX series gets up to 1,600 people in the U.S. at its largest events, and yet Brighton SEO is doing more than, more than double that, which is incredible. It speaks to the power of this event and the format as well as the speakers and, and of course, the community here. That is, that is really something to be proud of. I hope, that, I, I hope that when you go home tonight, you feel awesome. You should. Uh, the other two things that I know about Brighton, so I, I went for a walk last night when I got in and saw a haircut place, like a barbershop that looked amazing. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go get a haircut tomorrow morning. And this morning, I, I did go get a haircut. And the barbers here are very aggressive with their, um, with their fades. I don't know if you can tell, but there is no hair here at all. It's just, it's softer than when I shave. It's incredible. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, and the second thing is, I went into a coffee and bagel shop, and they had barbecue sauce you could put on your bagel. That's, I... That has been outlawed in New York City for 150 years. I don't know what's going on here, but... Uh, all right, we have a lot to get to, and I want to make sure that, uh, that, that we cover it. So, do you remember how it used to be with Google? We, we had a deal with the search engine, right? Because Google has, you know, whatever, uh, 15,000, 20,000 employees, uh, but there are millions of us who work in content and in SEO, who do Google's work. We work for Google. We are not paid by Google, but we work for them, right? We work to help them organize the world's information and make it universally accessible. And Google gets to do some things, right? They get to crawl our sites for free and use our bandwidth for free, and they get to scrape our content without any trademark or copyright issues, at least in the US. Uh, and they get to rely on us to optimize for their standards and in exchange, what do we get? We get clicks. We get clicks when our content appears in their results. But this deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> I, I, I did not believe this for a long time. I, I, I want to be, I think I owe some credit and an apology uh, to a longtime colleague of mine, and that is Aaron Wall, the founder of SEO Book. I don't know if everyone here knows Aaron. He, he hasn't been as active in the SEO industry the last few years. But Aaron always had, always had a deep, deep suspicion of Google's motivations behind their changes and their updates, their results. Uh, and I was a skeptic. I, I fought with him for years saying, no, I think Google is truly a good company. I think that they have the interests of their users and the interests of content creators at heart. And I think I was right for a while, but I'm not sure I'm right anymore. When Google had three to four you know, serious competitors, right? When the, when the search landscape, hmm, ho ho, where are all the images in my slides? Have they gone away? They have gone away. Do you think we could recover them? You know what? I'll just paint you a picture with words and we'll hope We'll pray that this, hang on, does this version of the, how many images are missing? Well, we're going to find out. You know what? We'll find out together. That'll be exciting for all of us, <laughs> me especially. Uh, Kelvin, if you could do me a favor and make sure that the latest version of the slides that I emailed you last week 
is loaded up just in case when we get through some of these sections there's no images anywhere. That would be great. Okay, so uh, I will describe to you what was here. It was a beautiful pie chart from a screenshot in 2004 when Yahoo and MSN search, if you remember them, and AOL uh, and uh, Ask Jeeves all had search market share in addition to Google. And at that point, Google had to play nice with content creators because otherwise, all of us would put robots.txt, Googlebot, no index for you, and favor the other search engines, which would have given them their, an advantage. But once Google got to 90% market share, other beautiful pie chart, just imagine it's gorgeous. I know you all hate pie charts, and you're like, no, Rand, data visualization says pie charts are bad. This pie chart is the only one that's good. Uh, and and it, it, would, it would show right, that, that basically Google today, between YouTube and, and Google itself, uh, and Google Image Search has 90% plus market share, even in the United States, which is where Bing, their largest competitor, is doing the best. The only places in the world that don't have this are, what, South Korea, right, with Naver, uh, China, where Baidu is dominant, and, and Russia with Yandex, maybe a little bit Sejnam in, in the Czech Republic. And even better results wouldn't make people switch away. There's another beautiful, gorgeous slide, stunning graphics, uh, blow your mind, be like, wow, rant, incredible. Uh, basically showing that, that Google had performed experiments, uh, this is back in, I think, 2012 or 13, and Bing has done this too, where they swapped out Google's results with another search engine's results. I assume it was Bing. But they left Google's logo on there, and then they put the Google results on Bing's, with, with Bing's logo, and they asked users which one did they prefer. What did they prefer? The one with Google's logo not the one with Google's results. That, that, my friends, is power. When you can say, right, uh, hey, I, I have the results that you don't prefer, but if my logo's there, you want it anyway. Well, then, then Google was basically free to wallow in their crappy treatment of content creators, and I think we are seeing the end game of that. So let's talk about how bad this problem is right now. So, this is a graph of the, where I have taken uh, data from JumpShot. This is for the United States, but I think the UK results are, are very similar. Uh, where I have taken, in blue, I've got, I had, pretend it's still there. Uh, blue clicks on organic results, and in red uh, clicks on paid results, right? And essentially what we can see is that over time, uh, you know, there's, there's some seasonality to that, but over time, uh, essentially stays relatively the same from about 2015 through 2016 through most of 2017 until, until in November of, sorry, uh, maybe it's October of 2017, last fall, we have got this strange thing where you can see the, uh, basically the percent of organic clicks and paid clicks shifts dramatically. And it shifts dramatically because of a change Google made to how they display mobile results, specifically instant answers and knowledge graph and knowledge panels that became vastly more prominent in mobile results. This rolled out first in the United States and then, and then around the world. And so I think today uh, I've got some data from February 2018 when things come back here, which, which won't be too long. Uh, fingers crossed, won't be too long. Uh, that shows basically that now this has, this has rolled out. We, we've gone from, oh, look at that. Look at these excellent slides. I'll, I'll show you. You want to show them the beautiful? What? 
that. Just incredible. By the way, uh, thank you to our AV folks. That was some very impressive, very quick work. You rock. Look at that beautiful pie chart showing YouTube and Google Images and all that. All right, all right. Uh, so so here's how bad it is, right? In Q3 20, 2017, right, seasonally fewer clicks available in, for SEO for probably the first time ever. So we're basically talking about the first time ever that, you know, from, from 1997 until 2017, fall 2017, there was always more organic clicks available. Every, every month seasonally adjusted for its year, there were more clicks available to us as organic content creators, as organic SEOs. And then this change happened. So let's look at desktop click-through rate. It has not changed all that much. This is really mostly a mobile thing. But paid, 3.82%. This is across all clicks, right? So across, this is a, a little over 10 million devices, mobile and desktop, that JumpShot monitors that have been working with them on this. 65% organic click-through rate. And 34% uh, no-click searches. So that's a search that results in no click at all. No one gets any traffic. How about mobile? Mobile, all right, Lego ship in a bottle, paid 3.12%, so a little lower than desktop, which makes sense. Uh, uh, oh, uh, nope, still paid. Oh, there's the organic, first organic result. Uh, 38%, and no-click searches, 61%. Google has basically said, if someone's searching on a mobile device, let's just answer the query right on their device. Why, why would we want to make someone click? You can see this with AMP. You can see them with this with their focus on uh, site speed as a ranking factor. I'll show you how scary this gets. This is February 2016. There's the numbers, right? Organic, paid, desktop, and mobile. And there they are in February of this year. And that's a 20% drop, a 20% drop. So across all Google search queries, there's now today about 15 organic clicks still for every, paid, every one paid click. So SEO is still huge, but that's down from 20 just a year ago. Not, not so great. For every 10 organic searches, or, or sorry, for every 10 organic clicks, there are now 8.8 .8 searches with no clicks at all, which is tough too. Where are these changes happening? Well, they're happening more in mobile than in desktop, for sure, and more on popular queries than on long tail. Even, even the chunky middle has been more safe than the, than the fat head of the demand curve. But this is happening nearly equally on informational and commercial or transactional types of queries. The only place we don't see this happening as much is navigational. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. This is definitely happening in Google Maps and local where, so I, I don't know if any of you have been to the United States, probably many of you have. You cannot get great Indian food, like you can't. But you can go to the smallest town with the worst culinary record in the UK and you will find excellent Indian food. And I really, I'm very jealous of that fact. Uh, makes, me, makes me sad. I don't understand, but I, you know, I wish the US could get more immigration of chefs, um, if anyone knows a way to make that happen. So, so here I am, right? Of course, I'm going to search for Indian food in Brighton. And, and what do I get? When I click on these results, what should I get? I should get their website. I obviously want to go to their website. 
But Google has changed the deal, and so now I get the Google Maps listing. And if you want to get to the website, it's actually quite a pain. Uh, video, they're doing the same thing, right? So <laughs> here, I search for chicken vindaloo, which is that's kind of my, my favorite dish. I really like it spicy. And, and here down here, this, uh, I'm going to probably mispronounce it, but vareva.com, okay, great. They have a, oh, shoot, your browser does not currently recognize any of the video formats. Dang, vareva, what's going on? What, what format are you using for video on your, oh, you're using YouTube. That's, gosh, that sure is weird. I thought Google would be able to recognize YouTube, but nope. If you search for video, it's all YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. You remember when it used to be that you could have your own Wistia video or, or whatever, Bright Cove, whatever you wanted, and you could appear in Google's results? Yeah, no ma. Weather, forget, I mean, weather, forget about it, right? The, the click-through rate has dropped to under 30%. People just don't click through. Uh, flights, they have completely gutted your ability. Even, even when you search for, if you search for uh, Seattle to, uh, Kyoto, and you search for an airline name, right, like Japan Airlines, they will still show you Google's flight box for the Japan Airlines flight above Japan Air's own page for it. That is, whoo, that's, that, that sounds a little like violating, I mean, I don't mean to get too political, but I'm pretty sure that is the definition of abusing your monopoly power, right? Didn't the EU just fine Google $2 billion for that? Maybe... Sorry, uh, um, yeah, when was that? Just a few, maybe a few weeks ago, right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, and, and flights gets more aggressive and worse. Uh, sports, same story here. I, for the life of me, I don't even understand why the major sports franchises participate in this type of program. I mean... If I were MLB, I would rather have, you know, one click, one click, uh, instead of 10 of these searches, right? Because this just brings me no value. I, I cannot see why they, why they participate in that. Uh, hotels, right? Google is doing this as well, which has been just really hard on anyone in that industry. Uh, famous and notable people, anyone in the celebrity entertainment business, this has been 
You know how bad this has been. So Lena Waithe, who's, by the way, a phenomenally brilliant actress, uh, I, had a, I had a very frustrating experience. I spoke at, um, at Inbound in Boston a few weeks ago, which is an, an amazing conference that HubSpot puts on. But um, my time slot was against hers. What? That's not fair. I mean, you know, put me up against, um, I don't know, a, a, you know, Mike King, right? And we can do like 50-50 audience, maybe, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm lucky. His presentation this morning was pretty extraordinary. But Lena Waithe, come on. It's just, just tough. Look at this one. So do you see that result in there where, where Google is pulling out Notable moments, they are essentially extracting what they think is interesting content from individual articles that have been written about the, the actor and, and putting them into the results. That is natural language processing technologies that should scare the pants off of all of us because it suggests that Google is not just crawling and indexing our pages, but they're going to extract data that they think is interesting to users so that they never have to click through to us. And you might say, well, but doesn't, doesn't you know, this, this is going to potentially drive more traffic for us. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what this drives. This drives more side-scrolling because you want to see more of these notable moments. That is what it drives. Brands and companies, they're doing this, which is, is tough on branded search. Dictionary and Thesaurus, obviously. Film and TV, which, which we talked about a little. Although, do you guys have Luke Cage here? I think you can watch Luke Cage in the UK, yes? On Netflix? Oh, thank God. Season one is excellent. Season two, you can watch up to like the two-thirds mark, and then the show kind of falls apart. I'm very sorry about that. I don't know what was going on. Like they had an end in mind, but just forgot about it somewhere in here. Uh, so when I search for Luke Cage, let me, let me show you what it takes to get to the Netflix page where I can watch Luke Cage. Let's do it together. Okay, here we go. I'm going to scroll down. Okay, and I'm going to keep scrolling, and I will scroll some more. Well, I guess I could, I could pay there, right? But uh, keep scroll Top stories. Uh, okay. Uh, ah, there it is. Look at that. Six screens down. First result ever. So when I shared this, I, I think this very smart comment from Marcus Andrews came up, which is, this solves for the user, though, doesn't it? It sure does. I think Google used to have two users, content creators and searchers. Now they only have one. How about you? But I, I don't think that is entirely fair. I think that suggests a Trojan horse strategy that is very, very frustrating. And something for all of us that, that we have to accept and just know is part of our world. This happens in jobs, which Google entered recently, in events. I think, Kelvin, you were, you were tweeting about how uh, your Google events markup was giving you a hard time, right? There you go. Not yours to control anymore. Best whatever. Best fill in the blank, right? Best laptops, best small dogs. Sure. Best bourbon. This is obviously an inaccurate result. I mean, let's be honest. This is hey, so many things missing. Best SUV. Oh, wonderful, with prices and everything. Why would, I, why would I click on anything? Why would I bother? Best dinosaurs. I don't know if you knew this, but the best dinosaur is a bird. It's super helpful. Uh, almost every single fathead and chunky middle uh, consumer product I could find, including, including Lost and Founder, uh, 
and, and this, I think, is, is one of the scariest of all. So this is basically Google self-hosting or enabling Williams and Sonoma, the, the cooking store, to host a version of its website inside Google. Right? So you can scroll through here and see the store ratings and delivery, and you can see their inventory, all these kinds of things. Right? It's basically like Google Maps. It's a hosted version, a Google-hosted version, and I think indicative of the future. I think what Google really wants is to go back in time to 1996 and be AOL. Right? That is, which is a weird goal. I don't particularly, I mean, I understand it. It's, it's driven by, by capitalism. But there, there's many, many more of these, uh, and I don't, I don't have time to go into all of them. But I will say, this is not just true of Google. This is not just true of Google. This is true on Facebook, who killed organic reach and killed referral traffic and has Instagram, which has always prevented outlinking, even though I feel like I should really get to link to whatever store sold Will's amazing uh, sweat jacket here. And, and Twitter and LinkedIn have started biasing to uh, show, to, to mostly show you content that ha contains no links. So many people on LinkedIn, right, have been trying to optimize for this by essentially having a, a shared uh, update, right, their, whatever piece of content they're posting, and then they make the link their first comment on their post, which is very annoying, but LinkedIn does seem to, to work that way. And Twitter, uh, from our correlation data, seems to be doing the same thing, basically prioritizing content that contains no links in it. Reddit has worked very hard to move away from we link out to lots of places to we keep you on Reddit. YouTube has started cutting off, this is a couple years ago now, but they started cutting off the descriptions, right? So, so right down there, right below that line, is where you should see a link to all this, you know, to, to uh, Captain Marvel's uh, page, right, web, website, but they will cut off the description just before that so that you have to say show more in order to get that. And of course, Amazon is doing this too, right? Amazon has always been extremely stingy about links. And I think voice, voice search and voice answers, well, voice answers really, voice search is basically the same as typing. I, I don't see a big, big difference there. But uh, voice answers and voice devices are going to make this problem compounded. I don't know how much. I think voice answers, a lot like mobile search, will be mostly additive, not cannibalistic, right? But we'll see. So here's where we are. We have these two conflicting truths for all of us. Number one, it has never been more difficult to earn organic traffic from the web's major players than it is today. And number two, it's never been more important. It's never been more important to make your website, rather than somebody else's property and your email list, the center of your web campaigns. If you do not, I believe what Facebook did with organic reach, where they essentially, you know, for the first five, six, seven years of the platform, they said, hey, we're going to show your content to tons of people. And what did they get? They got every little small business all over the planet putting up, putting up specials to, to go follow them on Facebook, right? To help them promote their pages and their business, to help to make all of us think, hey, Facebook is a great source of traffic and engagement. And then what did they do? I think that is the future of how these big players are going to operate. And as a result, we've got to own our own properties as best we possibly can. So what are we going to do? Well, 
I think there's a few things that we can do, a few things that can be effective. Obviously, we need to leverage every scrap of traffic Google and these others still send. There's never been a better or more important time to make organic traffic acquisition a center of your strategy, to take a bunch of your paid budget and put it towards that, so that in the future, when there is less organic possible and when it becomes even more difficult and challenging, you are ahead of your competitors who failed to do so. I think when we do keyword research, and uh, I think, uh, so I'm showing a screenshot here from Moz's Keyword Explorer, which obviously I, I, I helped design and build, so I'm, I'm sort of self-interested, and, and I'm a, a shareholder, obviously, but, but uh, I think this is a very good score uh, and backed up by a lot of good data. Dr. Pete and Russ Jones worked on it uh, really hard. And so, uh, but it's also available if you don't use Moz, you can use um, uh, Ahrefs. I, I think SEMrush also has a feature like this for click, estimating click-through rate on many of the keywords, right? So as long as you're not using Google Ads to estimate, you can, you can estimate organic click-through rate and prioritize by that, essentially saying, hey, I want to rank for keywords that will actually send me organic traffic. Uh, we're going to have to shift content marketing to keywords that Google is less likely to cannibalize. That means long tail and chunky middle and hard to answer in the SERP types of things. Uh, with with SparkToro, you might have noticed that, that at my new company, I am blogging much less than I was at, at Moz, right? Eh, maybe, maybe one post a week, maybe two. But in general, one of the things that Casey and I realized is that we think building up demand for uh, interactive content, for tools and data, is the way to do content marketing in the future, certainly in B2B SaaS. And that's, that's one of the reasons that we're doing that. I think we got to double down on branded demand creation. Rather than saying, I, I, I tweeted this earlier today, right? But rather than saying my number one goal is to rank, you know, number one for all these keywords, yeah, that, that's sort of my number two goal. My number one goal is make it so that my brand is searched for more than all of those keywords. Because the one thing Google is going to have a hard time taking away from us is our brand, navigational kinds of searches. And like I said, we, we have to invest in organic now because this, this is going to be a continuing problem going forward. So, so someone on Twitter did bring up, as we were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, right? this is why SEO standalone tactic-driven approach is short-sighted. Well, I, I mean, I see the point. right? I'm certainly making a bit of that case today here, but, but I think that if Google were to cut the traffic sent by SEO in half, it would still, according to the clickstream data, be more traffic overall than what they sent in 2012. Because Google has been growing so dramatically year over year, the total quantity of searches available. Right? And so SEO could you know, not just decelerate, but actually decline for a long time before it was not interesting. It is still massive. And of course, as you might have guessed from the title of this presentation, I'm going to urge you to invest in the future, which I think is going to be on SERP and in SERP SEO. I don't like it. I don't think it's right. I think it's abuse of monopoly power. I think it's breaking the deal. But you know what? We live in the real world. So let's act like it. Number one, we got to control what appears for our brands. Reputation uh, management SEO has long been a thing in our industry. I think that's only going to accelerate 
as Google shows more and more different kinds of results, especially around branded searches or around searches where our content is being taken and shown in ways that we may not classically recognize. I think this is also huge for any of the software providers to step up our ga their game, sort of our game, I'm sort of still a shareholder at Moz, so uh, to step up our game in, this, in the software world to do a better job of monitoring all the kinds of SERPs that exist. Uh, all those things. Second, if Google is biasing to these other places, to these Google-owned properties, we, we got to create content for them. You can't just say, ah, oh, I'm pissed, I don't want to do this. No. You know what? You got to claim your panels. You got to create your Google, your Google Maps presence. You got to uh, claim your, your YouTube videos and create your channels there and optimize for the places that exist. And if, if they turn it into self-hosted stores like the Williamson-Sonoma example I showed, so be it. That's, that's where we have to do our jobs in the future. When keywords show aggregated answers like this, we, generally speaking, you will not be able to get your exclusive brand to appear. But what you can do is influence the publishers to get into these and get mentioned and listed in these, right? Because how does Google aggregate? How do they decide that Brighton Palace goes there? It is because so many of the top results include those words and phrases. If you are using featured snippets, which you'd be crazy not to use featured snippets. Sorry, I, I am trying to get away from using the word crazy. But uh, it, you would be unwise not to use featured snippets. Uh, you should entice the click. I like a lot what uh, Thrillist has done here. I mean, it's a little clickbaity, but look at this. 20 distinct regional American accents ranked. 20. Google's only showing me six here. Plus, some accents are better than others. I got, I got it. Where does the Pacific Northwest Seattle accent land? By the way, um, my cousin from Pittsburgh, where, where they use the term yins, do you know, you know this word? It is a uh, plural possessive pronoun, much like y'all, but yins. Uh, in any case, he came to Seattle and informed me that the Pacific Northwest accent is you mumble the first half of a sentence and then the second half is very clear. So if any of you ever go to Seattle or Portland, you will notice, hey, is there coffee with that? <laughs> That's what we sound like. And number five, if, if other sites can rank but you cannot, for one reason or another, you should be using Barnacle SEO, right? Every one of these sites is influenceable, right? Uh, through guest content, through sponsored content, through uh, influence channels and outreach, you can, you can influence all of those. So all this said, I know this is, might feel like a little bit of a downer presentation, but I am short-term pessimistic about this, but I am very long-term optimistic. Right? I think that organic marketing of all kinds will always exist. I think it will always be a competitive advantage for those who are truly superb and excellent at it in this field. And that will give many of us outsized benefits. The harder this gets, right, the better we do. SEO is going to be a crucial skill set for at least another decade. I, I will bet $1,000 right here that it will be, uh, and, and probably longer than that. I, I have absolute faith in that. It is only growing in interest, especially outside the English language speaking world and in uh, chunky middle and long tail demand. The harder this stuff gets, the more we can run away from our competition by being great at it. Because the cost of acquisition, the cost of retention, 
the value of customers acquired through these channels and the advantages that it gives us in paid search and paid media are just too big to ignore. Thank you very much. This was originally recorded at a Brighton SEO conference. If you want to listen to more episodes or find out about the conference itself, you can do at brightonseo.com. Well, thanks, Rand, and thanks, Kelvin. If you want to refer to any of the slides featured in that talk, uh, you can find them in the show notes at sitedivisibility.co.uk slash impodcast. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review so that we uh, know that we're doing okay and we can continue to help more people. Always open to questions and suggestions. The email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy, and we'll see you next time on internet marketing.